Our scripture reading for today is the gospel appointed for this day in uh, Luke chapter 21, beginning at verse 25. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all of the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth, the generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of God. So far, the reading of God's word. Let us pray. Lord, now may the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be found acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, whether you know it or not, uh, the Christmas season is upon us. It began commercially on what we know as Black Friday. I don't know if any of you succumbed to it. I said I did all of my Black Friday shopping at Starbucks and then went home and sipped my Black Friday gift in peace. Now, it started on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, and it's going to continue tomorrow on what's known as Cyber Monday, when everybody supposedly orders all their stuff online. Those are the two days which are often touted as the biggest retail days of the year. But spiritually, uh, the Christmas season starts today because today is the very first day of the Advent season. It's a church festival that has actually been celebrated uh, for many centuries. Now, Advent, that's that uh, period of expectant waiting and preparation for the nativity of Jesus, comes from a Latin word, which is ad veneri, which means to prepare, and the Greek word for Advent is uh, parousia, uh, which means the presence or the coming. So it's kind of really put together. You're preparing for the presence of something or preparing for the pres- the coming. Now, in the New Testament, this word uh, parousia applies to the second coming of Jesus. So the idea behind all of Advent is that we commemorate not only the first coming of Jesus at Christmas, But at the same time, we look forward to that second coming of Christ at the end of time. So for these next four Sundays, we're going to be preparing to celebrate one of the most special days of the entire year. A day in which God actually entered into our human world, human history, as a small child. A little baby born in Bethlehem. And through that child, our sins are forgiven, and through him we have life, life abundant here on earth, and life eternal in heaven with him. But we even go further than that, and we're going to look at what it means for us today. 
But before we go any further with that, I want to just kind of back up and share just a little bit of church history because it fits in here. I'm going to take you all the way back to the 3rd century A.D., about 300 years after Jesus ascended and went back to heaven. Back then, in about the 300s, the Christian church at that time began to follow a system of reading certain Bible passages on certain Sundays throughout the year. It's kind of like the forerunner of what we know today as the pericopal system or uh, the lectionary system. Now, this system made a lot of sense back in the 300s. Uh, because most people were illiterate, they could not read, and even those who could read probably could not afford to own any books. So there was great emphasis placed on the public reading of Holy Scripture. In fact, Paul, when he was talking to young Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy 4.13, he said, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and teaching. So, reading Bible passages... Uh, was an integral part to worship services, as was the sermon. In fact, I would say that reading of God's Word is still the most important thing. It's the part of the service, whether you've ever thought about this or not, that can be absolutely sure, totally and completely, 100% perfect. Why? Because Scripture is the inspired, infallible Word of God. That's going to sound odd, but, you know, my sermons, as good as they might be, do not qualify as being infallible. But the reading of God's Word does. I mean, our mistake is that sometimes we kind of gloss over the reading of the Scriptures so that we can hurry up and get to, I don't know, special music or the offering or something else. And sometimes we don't give the reading of the public Word its the elevated status it deserves. But as we now approach Christmas, we will, for the next four weeks, look at some passages of Scripture that historically have been read in worship services on Sundays before Christmas. And they've been doing this for hundreds of years, specifically the readings that come from the Gospel of Luke. <clears throat> now, I've kind of shaped these four service series sermons into a series we're going to be calling, as you can see, Mending Christmas. Now, the fact is that Christmas really doesn't need to be mended. I mean, it's not like a string of lights where one goes out and everything goes out, and now you're stuck with that and to go figure out which bulb it is to correct. But as I look at the state of the world today, when I look at society as it is today, I can see that there are attitudes that really do need to be mended. So our series taken from Luke's Gospel is going to show us how we can, we can, how we can mend our approach to Christmas in order to make Christmas better for ourselves, for our families, for our church, and and even for our own community. And today we're looking at Luke chapter 21, which I just read to you, verses 25 to 36. It is a sermon that Jesus preached about this parousia, this second coming. Uh, The celebration of the first coming and the anticipation of the second coming are closely connected because both events teach us exactly the same thing, and that is that God has his hand on human history. See, these events remind us that history is moving in a specific direction. Here comes God into this world, and God is going to be with us all the way until he comes back into this world to take everyone home. Now, throughout history, there have always been people who said that history has no meaning, no purpose. Some people say that history is just an endless cycle of random, meaningless events. Christmas teaches us the exact opposite. 
And so does the second coming. It teaches us that God has not abandoned us. God has not ignored us. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And he's inviting us to plug in to his plan and purpose. Now, you sometimes may even think that the world is spinning out of control. Quite honestly, when I look at our world today, I think it's absolutely nuts. And sometimes I think, man, we are, we're, we're sinking fast. But I sometimes forget that God has not abandoned us. God is still in control. In his time, he is going to intervene in history just as he did on that first Christmas day. Now, you might even think sometimes that the world is spinning out of control uh, due to circumstances that are surrounding you. Uh, Maybe you're struggling financially, or maybe there's trouble at home, or you're just kind of uncertain of what the future holds. Uh, You might think that life is just a whole bunch of random events. Uh, But Christmas again. Christmas is a reminder and the promise of the second coming, and that God has not abandoned us. And I would just tell you, friends, that no matter how things may appear on the surface, the truth is that God is in control. He's in control of history. He's in control of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he's going to be in control of all the circumstances in your life. And in the Bible, he's promised that never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I will always watch over you. You will always be held firmly in the palm of my hand. I will carry you through the most difficult situations. I can take the worst thing that happens. I can make something good come out of it. All of those are his promises, and they're all in his word. And today Jesus reminds us, particularly in verse 33 of our text, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Now, whenever we get to Christmas, I'm always kind of made more aware that there are some people who don't really look forward to Christmas very much. And maybe that's because you know that you're going to be celebrating Christmas all by yourself. Or maybe it's because you know that you're going to end up broke at the end of this month. Or maybe it's because you know that there are just way too many demands on your time. I mean, too many parties to go to, too many people to buy presents for, too many of those cards for a card card you have to buy, and too many of those presents for a present present you have to buy. You know, for those people that you weren't expecting to buy stuff for in the first place or give a card to. I mean, too much stress on your household, too many expectations, too much food to prepare, too much food to be eaten. And maybe some of you like that old Merle Haggard song are saying, if I can just make it through Christmas, I'll be fine. Or if I can just make it through December, I'll be fine. But I would suggest to you that there's a whole lot better way to approach Christmas. It's a way that leads to victory and joy and power and hope and expectation. But what you need is a little bit of an attitude adjustment. Uh, You need to have uh, something mended to approach Christmas uh, between now and the time you take down the tree and store the ornaments uh, and put them back wherever you stash them. And so I'm going to talk about some mental habits that our scripture lesson talks about today that you need to develop. And they're kind of habits you need to keep them in front of you. And hopefully at the end of this message you remember three simple little phrases. And so every time you face whatever it is you're going to face between now and Christmas, or whatever you're going to face between now and the day Jesus comes to take you back home, uh, it'll help. Here's habit number one, and that is to keep looking up. Keep looking up. In Luke chapter 21, Jesus talks about all the negative things that are happening in the world. He said there's going to be wars, there's going to be revolutions, there's going to be earthquakes, famines. And he said the people will experience a great uh, sense of fear 
<coughs> in distress. But he also says all of those events, the wars, the rumors of war, and all of that kind of stuff, are ultimately going to lead to the climactic return of Jesus, the Messiah, when he'll come and quite literally save the day for his people. So Jesus says in verse 28, when these things begin to happen, what? Look up. <laughs> Lift up your heads. He said, why? Because your salvation or your redemption draws near. So friends, you can be sure that the most difficult days and times you face are not a permanent condition. Your life is not going to just suddenly disintegrate into chaos. You won't keep getting worse and worse forever because your redemption is drawing near. Now, Jesus spoke these words about the second coming, and that will certainly be a grand and glorious event. I, quite honestly, I'm looking forward to it. I always pray before I preach, Lord, this would be a great time to bring about the end of the age. Save me from having to deliver this sermon and writing one more. Uh, it would be really a joy if, as we gather today, that the sky would crack and the trumpets would blow and the angels would come and God would shove us into the sheep pen and take us all home to be with him forever. It's going to happen. It's going to be a great and glorious event. But I want you to know that these words don't just apply to some far-off day. They also apply to your life right now. And see, we see again and again as we study particularly the Old Testament scriptures and then even into the New Testament scriptures uh, about where people looked up to God in the face of some very challenging circumstances and God came through in a powerful way. Just let me give you a few examples. When Joseph was in prison, he kept looking up until what? God delivered him. When Daniel was in the lion's den, he kept looking up until God delivered him. When David faced the giant, he kept looking up to God, and God delivered him from the hand of his enemies. Uh, even Jonah, when he found himself in the belly of that big fish, <coughs> as a result of his own rebellion, he looked up to God, and God came through for him. Uh, when Paul and Silas in the New Testament found themselves in shackles and chains in the darkest part of the prison, when they began to sing and began to look up to God, God came through. When Peter was arrested and put into prison for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, he kept looking up until the Lord removed his chains and opened the prison door for him and enabled him to go free. So Jesus says to all of us, to you and me, when the world seems to be falling down all around you, don't fix your eyes on those circumstances. Instead, lift up your head. Look to Jesus. Your redemption is drawing near. In other words, he's on his way. See, just like he entered this world on Christmas Day in order to save us from our sins, he is willing to come and enter your life to deliver you from whatever troubles you are facing. So we just need to make it a habit of uh, to look up. No matter what you're facing, keep looking up. No matter how dark it might be, keep looking up. So that's the very first thing. You just plant that in the back of your mind. Keep looking up. Now, here's the second habit. Take hold of your heart. Verse 34 says, But take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and the cares of life. Now, I think about that. That's the way a lot of people can go about Christmas, believe me. Is it uh, weighed down with carousing drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day comes upon you unexpectedly. Now, I like the message translation. It says, Be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation be dulled by parties, drinking, and shopping. Does that sound the least bit familiar? 
See, for many people, these next four weeks, actually probably from Black Friday all the way to late on Christmas Eve and maybe a little bit through Christmas Day, this is what their four weeks represents. In fact, uh, for many people, this isn't how they approach Christmas. This is how they live their life all the time. Uh, they take a little drink or sometimes they, they take several drinks uh, just to kind of take the edge off of life's difficulties. They worry about how they're going to eventually pay their bills, uh, how they're going to face the consequences. And as a result, their hearts, as Scripture says, become weighed down. And they kind of say, man, this life is all there is. But Jesus says, beware that this doesn't happen to you. Guard your heart. In Proverbs 4.23, Solomon said, keep your heart with diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. And in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, it says, set your heart, where? On things above. So I'm encouraging you, in, in these next four weeks, look up, and at the same time, take care of your heart. Don't let anything come between you and your relationship with Jesus during this holiday season. Not parties, not drinking or shopping. Make it a daily habit to look up and set your heart on him. Now, how do you do that? Well, how about talking to him every day, regularly? Why not even sing to him, even if it's a joyful noise? I mean, maybe begin your... You're every day listening to some worship music. One of the very first songs I played this morning, uh, one of my favorite songs by a group that has an odd name, they're called The Future of Forestry. Uh, but they're kind of a Christian band, and the song I played was O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It's kind of a really interesting one, but I, I like listening to those in the morning. Uh, maybe it means you just turn off the television, or maybe you shut down your computer, or make, you just make a daily habit to get your head up, And take hold of your heart and put your heart where it belongs. Habit number three is pray for strength. So look up, hold your heart, pray for strength. Now Jesus said something in verse 36 that still sounds like good advice even in the year 2015. He said, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass. This nation that you and I live in has been going through some pretty tough times in the last couple of years. Uh, We're going through some tough times right now in a whole variety of ways. Now, I know that there are some people out there uh, who say, well, economically speaking, we've turned the tide. And there are people who say, no, the tide's still rising. But we can be sure of this. If we have indeed turned the tide and things are about to get better, it's probably at best just temporary. Now, I'm not a prophet of doom. I'm not necessarily a prophet to begin with. But the fact is that our lives are really cycles of ups and downs. We go through good times, and then we have some bad times. The market is high. The market is low. Jobs are everywhere. Jobs are nowhere. And we make the mistake of thinking that whatever state we happen to be in, That's the way it's always going to be. But here's a little reality check for you. If you're going through some hard times right now, they'll pass. Things will get better. And if you're going through some really good times right now, God bless you. uh, You haven't arrived. There's still some bumpy roads out there. So it's important to remember that life is temporary at best. 
See, until we get to heaven someday, good times don't last. And while we're here on earth, guess what? Bad times don't last either. What we need is the power and strength that God supplies to endure whatever happens to come our way. Now, Jesus said in verse 36, Pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass. In the New Living Translation, it says, Pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors. Now, he's talking about end times, the days before the second coming, when life on this earth is going to become very difficult. His words also, though, apply to all the trials and the tribulations in our current condition. He's just saying, pray that you might be strong enough. And in doing this, we really make an acknowledgement by saying, you know, God, I don't always have it in me to do everything I ought to do. Please give me the strength to endure Now, I don't know how you celebrate Christmas, but I hope you celebrate Christmas for the same reason that you anticipate his second coming. Each of them reminds us that God has not abandoned us, that he is committed to us, that he's involved in human history. And we ought to approach the coming coming days just like we should approach the last days. And that is to keep Jesus front and center in your life and you'll make it through. I mean, as you go through difficult times, don't keep your eyes focused on all the bad. Keep looking up. Why? Because your redemption is drawing near. And as you face tough times, even as there's going to be a lot of stress, perhaps, in these coming weeks, take hold of your heart. Guard it. Don't let anything come between you and your commitment to Jesus. Keep your heart set on him. And as you continue to face life's up and downs, pray for strength. To endure whatever may come your way. Pray for the chance to be counted worthy to stand before Jesus someday and hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. So can you remember, let's see, what would that be, nine words? Can you remember nine words? I'm going to say three little prayers. I want you to repeat them after me. Keep looking up. Guard your heart. Pray for strength. There it is. And everything you do. Keep Jesus front and center. I think this is how we survive whatever life may throw our way. The toughest days of human history, and it's how we need to face these next four weeks. And here's why. When you keep Jesus front and center, you don't just survive Christmas. You thrive at Christmas. So do you want to thrive this Christmas? Do you want to enjoy it to its fullest? Keep Jesus front and center. Keep looking up. Guard your heart. Pray for strength. May God bless us on our Advent journey. Amen.